Carson, you're watching the Jax Rangers show. Huzzah, Rangers. This is your boy, Phil Harris, here at the Jacks Rangers show, and I am joined with our L.A. correspondent, Liam Madigan. Liam, how the hell are you? Phil, I am doing just fantastic right now. I mean, you know, the Patriots are out of the playoffs. Lord knows it's uh, it's great that that season is finally over, putting us out of yeah. the But the Patriots being over means one thing, and that means major league rugby is finally coming back and we are actually defending a championship this year so uh looks like we're the kings of new england absolutely yes we are sir i wanted to speaking of kings of new england i wanted to mention our uh sponsor incafi uh they do t-shirts embroidery and patches down there in walpole massachusetts on the way to gillette stadium by the way to see the new england patriots you can stop by and uh, speak with carlos if you need some t-shirt orders anything like that he will hook you up Mention TJRS uh, in your order, and he will give you 15% off of that entire order. So if you need T-shirts, make sure you go to Incafy.com and check them out. Really appreciate Incafy sponsoring the Jacks Ranger show this year, which is really, really awesome and crucial. But Liam, I've got to ask you, you know, you're LA correspondent. How's the weather out there in LA right now? Uh, you know, actually, uh, at the moment, it's been pretty rainy, and we're expecting rain for most of this week. So uh, it's pretty slow going out on the roads right now, because as soon as a single drop of moisture falls from the sky out here, people don't know how to drive. But, um, I've but, but honestly, I, I've missed weather in general. You know, mm -hmm. like I, I don't think I've, I've seen rain in the last mm -hmm. few months. Right. And uh, so it, it's, it's nice to, get, like, you know, see a little bit, uh, something a little bit different than just perfect weather all the time. Right. You know, I was out there. I can't even remember when it was at this point, several months ago. And uh, when I was out there, I was like, I was surprised how gloomy it was. I figured it was all sunshine and rainbows out no. there, but apparently not. Yeah. No, no. It, and, and it's like, it, it, like, people are always like, oh, it's just the marine layer. You got to wait for it to burn off. But then by 1 p.m., it doesn't burn off. You're like, oh, I guess it's just cloudy. Yep. And smoggy, right? So, yeah, you'll have that yeah. for sure. Any cool projects that you can talk about that you've been working on? I know you're a, a cameraman behind the scenes and all of the Hollywood glitz and glamour going on <laughs> down there. Oh, yeah, a whole, a whole lot of glitz and glamour. Um, so I just finished up uh, working as the key grip. Um, the grip means basically you uh, do like all of, like the rigging, um, you know, and you work a lot with like the gaffer who is the lighting uh, person. Okay. Uh, I, just, I, I just finished up as the uh, key grip on a new Enterprises new film uh, directed by Brandon Woodrin. Uh, it's going to be titled The Picture. Uh, really excited to, to work on this and it's going to be uh, streaming sometime next year. Awesome. Uh, you, you'll also be able to catch me in the upcoming film Scrambled, direct, uh, starring and directed by Liam McKendrick. Uh, that's in theaters nationally uh, tomorrow. I'm just uh, just just a mere extra in that movie, but uh, it was a real pleasure to be involved with it. Uh, the the message of the film in general is really great, and Liam McKendrick's going to be a great director. So uh, awesome. please check that out in theaters. Absolutely. We'll have to look into that for sure. So cool that you're out there kind of living your dream uh, out there in Hollywood. So it's so very cool. And, you know, for the folks that don't know, Liam worked uh, for the Houston Sabercats and also our New England Free Jacks for a period of time there before moving out to L.A. So you've got some MLR experience uh, and notches on your belt, if you will. Um, right now you're serving as our L.A. correspondent. So I wanted to talk about that. But let's get into just some general MLR content stuff right now you know kitmas was a few weeks ago at this point who are you looking at as like the best home and away kit for uh, mlr so i mean call me biased on this one uh but obviously the i think the new england free jacks is the red white and blue is yeah. always classy and oh, yeah. you know, i mean don't get me wrong the red the red white and blue color scheme is just drilled into your head and as american from an early age <laughs> but it definitely oh, yeah. does work uh, aside from then, um, you know, I just feel like the last few years, it's been us in San Diego have just been consistently yeah. the top kits, uh, uh, you know, in the league. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, since because I'm the L.A. correspondent, I suppose I have to co comment on this. Um, I don't hate the L.A. kits, actually. Um, yeah. I, I think it was just it's playing it simple, you know, just yeah, basic blue, sure. basic white. Um, they didn't try to do anything, you know, fancy or contrived like uh, right. <laughs> their name. <laughs> but. Um, but yeah, no, uh, so, I, so yeah, I'm going to go with, uh, the New England Free Jacks and the San Diego Legion, um, 
consistently the best kits in the major league rugby. Okay, I like those picks for sure. And those are also consistently the past two years, you know, some of the best franchises in terms of wins and losses. Uh, so I think, you know, those organizations top to bottom from the kit at the bottom and then, you know, on-field on performance and then like their CEOs, the organizational setup there are yeah. really, really good. So, I mean, their, their fans are great too. You know, like I, I know, I know in season, there's a lot of jargon, you know, uh, between the two of us. And Lord knows I've definitely had my differences with a few of them. Hi, Stephanie. Um, <laughs> but, you know, but I think um, in terms of fandom, just, you know, online uh, interaction, you know, game yeah. day, um, you know, uh, you know, like committing to like to, to showing up on game day and that the way that they support the team, it's mm -hmm. it's San Diego and New England, you know, by far uh, oh, are yeah. at the top there. Yeah. I think Seattle is worth a mention oh, as well, sure. like an honorable mention for sure. But yeah, uh, those organizations do very, very well. I'm really, really impressed with uh, Chicago's kit. You know, a lot of people really love Chicago's kits. I, I, at first, I thought my immediate reaction was boring, but the more I look at it, the more clean it looks to me and you know yeah. simple sometimes is not bad it's not a bad thing now i would say that i think la's um you know logo the, their kits and stuff like that is very bland and, and you know that's different from simple and clean i just think it, it needed a little bit of something extra there with their kits but maybe they'll get it right next year i mean obviously with these franchises coming into mlr sometimes this stuff is just rushed and you know chicago our own uh, the owner of chicago part owner Phil Gross talked about how quickly they had to get everything together within two months, really, last season. So, you know, that's just one of those struggles that uh, some franchises have to go through if they're not, like, announced early and have a whole year to plan for things. It's just, you know, it just takes takes a lot of time to get everything sorted out. So hopefully we'll see LA's kits get a little bit better and more creative in years to come. Right now for me, it's just a bit bland, but I do like the color scheme, and that's really yeah. the only thing I like about it, to be honest. Yeah, you know, uh, blue and white. It's never Classic. can't really go yeah can't really go wrong with it 100%. and um yeah let's talk about um uh charlotte which is my hometown uh charlotte north carolina getting an mlr franchise what's your thoughts on that whole uh, some people would call that a debacle in terms of their 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 uh branding and logo release and stuff like that but the actual message behind it developing us talent is very very cool yeah so first of all, I just want to give a shout out to my good friend, uh, Aaron Castro, um, you know, just knowing how much work that he put in behind the scenes in terms mm -hmm. of getting that whole organization and the announcement off the ground. Yep. Um, and there's a ton of other people in the Major League Rugby office that deserve recognition that I'm not go going to give you right now because right. I'm lazy. Um, <laughs> no worries. But <laughs> but anyway, so. First of all, I just want to say this is a huge win, not just for Major League Rugby, uh, mm -hmm. but for USA Rugby and World Rugby in general. Yeah. Uh, and we've seen precedent with this concept, you know, of a developmental team in other leagues, you know, around the world. And for the most part, it has worked out. And, and all right, look, MLR has two key responsibilities to the game of rugby in general. Mm -hmm. One is grow interest in the game by putting the best, pro best possible product on the field yep. uh, and to develop talent here domestically. Now, we've seen quality in the former, you know, uh, to put the best possible product on the field, um, growing, you know, every year, which is great. However, in regard to the latter, though, you know, developing domestic talent, there's definitely been some legitimate complaints, um, you know, in the lack of emphasis that some other teams, some more than others, are putting on developing American and American eligible players. Right. They're just not doing it enough. Um, you know, and we've seen, you know, a lot of these foreign player slots get traded every year around the mm -hmm. draft and around free agency periods. And um, let's be honest, like most average fans don't actually keep track of those. Right. So enter Anthem Rugby Carolina, Super Fragilistic XBL, hey, Macarena, whatever their whatever their <laughs> name is. Um, and so here we have a whole team who not only puts an emphasis on developing American talent, but it's their whole emphasis. Yeah. So it not only gives, you know, some of our younger Eagles a chance to play and develop, but to develop in a professional environment yep. under the guidance of legit, you know, of, of a legit league office and legit coaches. And through it all, helping to grow the game in one more, uh, you know, I would call it, a, you know, I would call Carolina and Charlotte in general a mid-tier market in the United States. Yes. And um, which, you know, I've said, you know, during our first interview uh, this past uh, this past season, I said, you know, MLR needs to be focusing on these mid-tier markets. Because yes. I think that's where a lot of potential for, you know, developing healthy, passionate fan bases is going to mm -hmm. lie. So I, I, I love the concept. I love the mission. And uh, I, I love uh, Gamecock country uh, getting, getting involved. 
Oh, thank you for mentioning our our uh, great uh, Carolina Gamecocks here. There's the, I'm, I'm wearing it constantly. I never take it off. It's always there and always reminder of my great time at Carolina. So I appreciate yeah. you mentioning that. Just an hour down the road from Charlotte. So, yeah, it brings a smile it's, to my face every it's time. Funny. So I'm kind of envious of, like, this whole Gamecock thing, you know, with you. I, I, here's the thing. So I, I sent you a picture the other day. Um, yes. so, for, so for people not aware who aren't in me and Phil's private chat, yeah, uh, I was at a studio the other day, and, like, the Wi-Fi password was on the wall, mm-hmm. and it was, like, Gamecock something, you know. Yep. And the, the owner of the studio, I didn't tell you this, was just walking around with a big Carolina Gamecock sweatshirt on. Nice. And I was like, oh, Phil would like this guy. Hell yeah. Um, Hell yeah. And it's just like, you know, don't get me. I'm proud of where I went to school. Uh, mm-hmm. I went to Vermont State University at Linden and okay. we're the Hornets. But I have just never walked around right. and been like, I'm a Hornet, baby. Right. I'm right. a Hornet. It's just yep. like, oh, no, dude, I went to school in Vermont and I smoked a lot of pot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, that, dude. I mean, that's pretty much every state college in, in, in that, the great Green Mountain state. But yeah. Uh, but still, you know, I, I love your school pride. I love seeing whenever you post uh, all those Clemson innuendos. Yes. So that, I mean, it's just one of those things where like, I don't know, man, the SEC is just, it's something special about the South and, and, you know, where you go to college is very, very important for the rest of your life as a fan. Like it's very different up here in New England where professional sports are are the main focus and collegiate sports are just kind of off on the wayside. I mean, obviously Boston College is in the ACC, but, but Jeff are- Halfley just pieced the hell out, didn't he? Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's not something that's very, very important, but it is where I come from. And that's one of those things that I will you know continue to keep very very close to me is you know i will always be a gamecock i'll always be proud of carolina rugby in my time there so yeah i appreciate you giving uh, that shout out there and i i loved when you sent that over like that was a genuine reaction for me like anytime i hear gamecocks or anything going on like oh i'm like ooh, i'm 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 tuned into that man like it's just it's it, it, it's something that's like i very very it's close to my heart man for sure and speaking of close to my heart you know charlotte is one of those cities where i, I grew up 30 miles west of there and i I grabbed my first rugby ball just in that area and, you know, played for Charlotte Old Original. So when this was coming about and when it was talked about, I was just over the moon about the possibility of this franchise and how cool is it that it was developing American talent. And that's like the main focus. That's so awesome. Um, but, you know, I think the execution of the logo and and the name itself is just so wacky. And I it, it really kind of extinguishes that fire that I had for the possibility of that franchise. I mean, uh, some people are going to be like, okay, the name sucks, but I'm still going to support them and, and best of luck to those folks. But obviously, you know, I'm an adopted son of New England as well. So I already have a team and that secondary team possibility, it just kind of fades out for me to a certain extent based on the terrible branding. Now, I think they got and, it and right. Plus, with Seattle the fought team. for the right to be your second favorite team. You know, <laughs> as, as disappointed as I was that you chose them over LA, yeah. you know, they yeah. won fair and square, Phil. It's true. And I will say this about you, Liam. You always provide the best. Uh, videos. When we ask people to send in videos to the show, you by far are the ones that, you know, you send over the best, most creative, excellent videos. So I appreciate you doing that always, man. Anytime, man. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, so let's move on from Charlotte. You know, we've talked about Charlotte and, and we've talked about this several times into this uh, previous episodes here at this point. So, you know, good luck to those folks. We wish them well, but I can't get behind the name. I think it's awful. They're the um, Carolina Anthems. All right. I, I, that's, yes. Yeah. That they, they are the anthems, and that, that that's where it stops. That's where that's where that's all you had to do. That's all yeah. you had to do. Is Carolina anthems. Full stop. I, th- I think that's bad, but it's it's a lot worse than you know what they have right now. RFC is, Carolina Super Cali- It's, hey, it's yeah. terrible, you know. So yeah, that would have been better than what they have now. So uh, let's talk about speaking of bad, uh, the LA uh, logo and name. What do you what do you think about that as somebody that lives currently in LA as a you know a New England boy if you will but you know what's your thought Well I mean everything's a little extra in LA dude <laughs> so it's honestly kind of fitting um and everything is just the slightest bit you know sensually erotic too so <laughs> it, it 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 almost kind of fits and <laughs> like I, I started saying that as a joke, but like the more as I'm hearing it come out of my mouth, the more it yep. almost like actually kind of makes sense. Right. Um, I don't hate the name. You know, uh, there's plenty of rugby clubs all around the world that are just 
RFC, what, whatever the hell, you know, yeah. it's, it, it's not necessarily unique in that regard, but the logo is a literal chode. Like it is, <laughs> I, I showed this to several friends. Um, like, you know, like I would say probably like four out of six of them were like, that's a penis. You're like, right. like, dude, like, how does this get through not one, but several meetings? Yeah. How is that on the freaking whiteboard? Uh, you know, like, like not just in the graphic design office, but in the league office, in the team office. And right. people are just like, let's roll with it, baby. Um, so that's something that you bring up that maybe people aren't quite aware of is like, you know, when that when a, a franchise comes up with a logo, it goes to the league for I think they have a little bit of veto power with regard to that sort of stuff. And my understanding, this is inside sources that I have, uh, you know, some there was some pushback with regard to the logo. Um, so you know, not everybody was extremely thrilled with the idea of what they came up with. Um, now, the acorn itself, I you know. It's a little strange with the whole, like, what? I mean, I guess it's like they're beating it over the head, like oak trees, L.A.? Like, I haven't what? seen a single oak tree. So I live in there North Hollywood. It's right. like, you know, like I'm deep in the valley. And yep. don't get me wrong, like, we're not exactly known for the wilderness here. But, like, hell, go to, go to like, you know, Burbank. You know, go in the mountains. I, I haven't seen one goddamn oak tree, <laughs> you know, freaking south of you know south of sacramento for god's sake have i been looking no all right like right, admittedly right. sure but i grew i grew up on the north shore we have oak trees on the north right. shore man i know yeah, what yeah. they look like you know and I've, I've i raked plenty of their leaves growing up sure i just i just don't get it like you know la has a very notable skyline you know there's there's the beaches there's the topanga canyon there's a lot of this iconic imagery that you could have used right and you use a freaking choded acorn man like come on dude <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's just one of those things where like man i wish things were better in terms of branding and marketing within mlr and just you know franchises in general that's one of those things it's just like well we love the game and we always say to people like you know if more people saw it they would fall in love with it but then you know we try to advance the game as much as possible, you know, telling our friends or doing shows like this or making appearances on shows like this to try to just move that need a little bit further. But it's very discouraging when the people in charge of things with the money and the power come up with these concepts that are just so wacky. And, you know, I understand why you would want to kind of go this route and play it safe with the name because Guiltiness was before that and everybody hated it. Was it was just terrible. Like, you know, like, like yeah. how are you going to have a youth team named after an alcohol? alcoholic drink dude and it, yeah, was just, it doesn't make sense yeah. yeah for sure but i think they played it a little bit too safe it seems a bit soulless for me every time that there's the you know or you know like uh was it rugby atl or or now the charlotte name like it just seems a little bit too soulless for me to pay you know make that easy route of just calling it rfc or rugby blank whatever uh, i just think it, it's it's it, it kind of goes against the american um way of things and well, this is the I, american experience for rugby so why not I, I was just going to say though there's this obsession in the united states with trying to be like europe or trying to be like south africa australia or yeah. you know or, or the oceanic countries yeah. you know like i you know don't be the kicker because that you're not supposed to do that in rugby there's <laughs> tons of teams all over the world that boo the kicker it is a very european thing to stay quiet during the kicker and also like you know I, i'm saying this as you know somebody who's you know, grandparents emigrated here as Catholics from Northern Ireland during the Troubles. Uh, why do we want to be like Europe? Like, why do right. we like, why do we want to be like the place that we had to freaking, you know, uh, like have a revolution to secede from? Yep. God, I, I don't want to like sound like some like, you know, crazy right winger, but but still it's like, you know, it, it's like, let's just have our own identity. We have a draft. Yeah, yeah. We have a you know, a more NFL like free agency period. It's just, it's how we do things. It's the American, it's the part of the American culture, you know, stop getting worked up about it, you know, stop trying to be I like agree. Europe. And so, and, and kind of like on your point, I think it's kind of what you were getting at, like this whole RFC LA, you know, rugby ATL, we like more traditional names, you know, like mm -hmm. you can see it in MLB, NFL, you know, NHL, yeah. there's, you know, very concrete, you know, um, you know, like tangible mascots. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and I, I think MLR is trying to move away from that. And, you know, whether or not it's the right thing to do moving forward in terms of branding, I'm not sure. 
Yeah. I mean, ultimately, I think that there is a successful model that can be copied and it, it doesn't involve, you know, RFC in the name and stuff like that, like where it seems like it's soulless branding. And they don't have a mascot. So, I mean, this isn't rocket science, guys. Like we have professional leagues that work in this country and that are very, very profitable that can be mimicked. And we can we can take this whole rugby thing that we all love and the whole respect of the game, all that sort of culture stuff can still be a part of the game. But we can make it our own American spin on it you know there's nothing wrong with that and i think that really appeals to people that we want to bring into this sport to make it successful like football fans and stuff like that you need more of those people into this mlr experience for this thing to eventually reach profitability and be mainstream this whole thing is just leading up to a big tv contract and we can't get there if people don't know what the hell rugby is in this country and the way that you draw them in that the candy if you will to get them inside of the van is making things as normal or as mainstream as possible to kind of coax them in and close the door behind them and, and get them uh, involved in this whole thing and make it successful well, yeah. Phil, ju ju judging by the state of your mustache, I feel like you probably have a lot of experience uh -huh. getting people into vans with Hilarious. candy. There you so, go. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to listen to you on this one. Very good. All right. <laughs> I walked into that one. Uh, let's see here. Let's rewind back to MLR 2023. What are your overall impressions of the entire season of MLR? So, in terms of MLR 23, um, well, you know, this is a free jack. So, so looking at the free jacks, uh, there was a lot that was great. I mean, obviously we won the championship. Clearly something went right. Um, I think one of the first things people were afraid of, uh, though, in terms of Free Jacks fans, when we went into 2023, though, um, you know, how are we going to respond to the loss of Dougie Fife and Bodie <laughs> Waka? Oh, my God, we're going to do so bad. They were the entire team. All right, the answer was we're going to be just fine. And we yep. were. Paula yep. was great. You know, um, Poland and Mitch, when their health was permitting, like they, they were great. And obviously, uh, Mr. MVP, Jason Patros. Hell yeah. Uh, his performance and leadership with the backs was simply astounding. It's one of the best performances, you know, we've seen um, probably since some of, um, you know, since, since like some of San Winds Windsor's uh, earlier seasons. Right. Um, in terms of the league in general, there were more games than I would have liked that ended with like really lopsided scores. Um, and the other issue I had was like a lot of those games that ended with lopsided scores, they were 10 times more exciting in the first half in those first 40 minutes um, than they were in the second when one team or the other eventually pulled away. Um, and so I think a big issue throughout the whole league is just stamina in general and I, I and training. Um, mm -hmm. You know, as, as the MLR gets more money, um, players are going to have, um, you know, better facilities. Teams are going to have uh, better options in, ter in terms of providing them with full-time trading during the offseason. Yep. Um, you know, so that's going to get better with time. But at the moment, you have a lot of these players that are working, you know, during the offseason as, you know, you know, computer developers or as, you know, construction workers. It's like, you know, the NFL in the 1970s and 1980s. Right. You know, like, I mean, like, they might not be smoking a pack of cigarettes a day or at least... I mean, I know a few rugby players that do, won't name them, but, <laughs> but you know, you know, like, yeah, like, sure, they're hitting the gym and they're training. They might be eating right during the off season, but there's only so much you can do to stay in real rugby shape. Right. Um, so you, what the end result of that is getting like a lot of these early season games where guys are just fat AF, you know, mm -hmm. like, you know, going th uh, through the, those first 40 minutes so that by the time the second half rolls around, they're just totally gassed. Yep. Um, and I think that has caused a huge drop in quality, um, you know, in a lot of MLR games. And so you, when you're a, a traditional rugby fan trying to get a newbie to watch, you're like, all right, watch these first 40 minutes and then we'll get drunk at halftime and you can stop paying attention. <laughs> um, but overall, I, I think the league is in a good place. I think we're starting to develop more domestic talent. That's, you know, that's exciting to watch. Um, yes. I think some of these international guys who are on their last legs, you know, in some of the bigger leagues, you know, are starting to see, MLR as a viable option to end their careers, um, you know, not yep. just to get the experience of playing in America, but, you know, a lot of these guys when they're retiring in Europe have little kids that they want to get into the school system here in the United States. Mm -hmm. um, I know when I was working in Houston, that was a big draw for some of the international guys. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the league is looking up, um, but I just really want to see more consistent game by game play. Hell yeah. I agree, man. Like ultimately with it, I think every single year has 
provided a better product on the pitch for MLR. And with the unfortunate demise of two franchises, there were some really good players in both Toronto and New York. So that's going to be spread across the league. Um, so I expect to see more competitive games. I don't think the Free Jacks are going to beat and be beating teams by 75 points or 45 points uh, in this coming season. I, I still think that Free Jacks are going to win a lot of games, as I predicted in the last episode. I'm, I'm double digits. At- I'm, I'm saying 11 minimum. Okay. Uh, oh, yep. I, oh, I know that's a section that we're going to get to. Eventually, yeah, no but... worries. But I was just going to say, I think I'm looking at 14 and two based on my most recent way too early prediction 2.0. And, you know, with the schedule that recently dropped that second revision schedule, it looks like we're, we're better off in terms of away trips compared to the previous one. So I'm, I'm expecting more wins based on that. Um, so, yeah. Uh, very, very exciting stuff. You know, obviously last year with the Free Jacks winning the whole thing for Rangers out there, that was like the, you know, the cherry on top, you know, the accomplishment that we were deprived of in the previous season with New York, our biggest rival beating us. And now we've won the Shield and they no longer exist. It's pretty wild to, to think about. I mean, in terms of uh, dream situations, obviously, you know, we, we feel bad about the human element of what took place in New York, but Losing a rival and winning the championship is, I mean, the worst things have happened to franchises over the years. You know, it's one of those things. So, yeah, man, looking forward to 2024, absolutely. But let's get into um, L.A. and their picks because you are our L.A. correspondent, even though you're wearing the Free Jacks colors (laughs) right now because you are a New England boy. We've got you out there in L.A. paying close attention to what's happening to the – the franchise out there. So the dickheads, as I like to call them, mm-hmm. let's talk a- about acorn chodes, man, please. acorn chodes. All right. That one doesn't really flow uh, as well as LA dickheads. No, but, but the, the censors might like it better. I don't know. <laughs> true, true. Yeah. Let's I hope we don't get demonetized on um, uh, YouTube at this point, but uh, talk about the, uh, the draft, the collegiate draft, obviously Atlanta at that time was still under their branding, but they were making picks as LA Talk about some of the guys that they picked up. So, you know, so so you're looking so looking at the roster right now of the guys that uh, Atlanta picked up in that draft. You have in that draft you have Matt Incentive, um, Zabirik, Ollie Griffiths, Nathan Beal, and Nicholas Hartley. And unfortunately, only Matt. And, uh, I might be pronouncing this last name wrong. Uh, Matt uh, Antisev. Um, he is currently the only. Uh, MLR draft pick uh, who was currently on the roster uh, and he uh, he's out of Dartmouth. Uh, he's very okay. well reviewed, um, you know, and, you know, obviously as a Dartmouth kid, that means he probably has the backing of Alex Magleby. Um, <laughs> yeah, of course. But he's currently behind Sam Walsh, who I'm going to talk a little bit more about later and Dan Holland's head on the, uh, on, on the depth chart. So is he going to get some minutes maybe if there's an injury or if they want to test some of the depth, but yeah. um, in terms of, the fact that he's on the on the roster uh, for his initial season and not just kicked down to an academy team or asked to go back to school is a good sign. Sure. So we might be seeing some uh, some minutes out of him if they have need. Okay. I mean, that's one of those things that we all know about the uh, the collegiate draft at this point is it's mainly for development and depth purposes. You're not going to get a whole lot of those guys in impactful minutes and being huge parts of your you know, franchise going forward as like key guys. That's the thing. We're kind of so early on in this MLR experience that the pathways, although they're established for most teams, you know, it's going to take a few years now to really see those players that are coming in very, very young, getting that experience and that knowledge about rugby to where, you know, once they're through the collegiate ranks, they're a fully developed player that you can bring into a franchise, like a new one perhaps, and have them do that. this whole Sam Gola route with Dallas last year where, you know, the, the, he's a great player. He starts every single game. He becomes a USA Eagle. That's very, very rare. You're not going to experience that every single year going forward. But hopefully, fingers crossed, you know, down the road, we will we will see more and more of that. Yeah, I, I think the big, the biggest benefit of the draft right now, um, and, and we touched a little bit on this when I was like, why do we want to be Europe? Um, the draft fits into American sports culture. It yes. gives it gives a lot of these collegiate rugby players something to strive for. Yes. Because every American kid, um, you know, who grows up a sports fan, I don't care what league you follow, yep. you have dreamed about hearing your name called on draft day. Absolutely. And that's something that a lot of these kids who go into the NFL, MLB, NHL, that's 
you know, what kept them motivated is the thought of walking across that stage. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as superficial, you know, and as gimmicky as that might seem to some of the old boys, right? it's something that's going to be very uh, important going forward in terms of building league recognition, in terms of building, you know, excitement at the youth level is you too can get drafted. And it's a lot more possible than you might think, even if right. you're not playing, you know, at these big power five division one schools. Right. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. I mean, right now, that experience is is real and if you're a youth growing up you know coming through the system right now that is a possibility whereas you know you and i uh i think we're kind of in the same age range like that was I'm never... 28 you're 28 yeah, holy crap right. um so yeah we're not in the same age group but uh how you old know, are you how old do you think i am shit dude i feel like you're either gonna tell me like 40 or 21 like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm closer to 40. We'll just say that. But yeah, you know, okay. when we were coming up, there was no possibility of the MLR being drafted into the MLR professional rugby. It was just a concept that we could not quite experience. We couldn't quite grasp at, at that time. So to have the draft exist and, you know, be a part of this whole American experience, as we're talking about, a draft is just a part of American sports culture. culture. And for rugby kids growing up, thinking, well, I can be drafted one day and I could play for the New England Free Jacks. They can draft me. I can walk across the stage and I can give a bear hug to the commissioner. That is so, so cool and so, so crucial to this whole American rugby experience. So, you know, wishing the best for those players that continue to get drafted and develop within this league because it is very, very important in terms of the pathway. But, uh, yeah, so one one of those players is, you know, on the roster, so that's slightly encouraging. Hopefully they'll get some minutes. 20%. Uh, 20 percent yeah. you know it's not terrible it could be better but you know we'll see how future years go with this la franchise next thing i wanted to we talk miss about, you spencer kruger <laughs> wherever he is he's out there so i think he's in ohio i think uh, I talked he was dad. just like the first draft pick that i could that i could think of and was, i mean like i do genuinely wish him well so yeah. wish him well i think he's in ohio with his girlfriend best of luck to those folks out there i will throw another one out there for you real quick justin johnson who still plays for mystic river so um he was the first overall draft pick for the free jacks i just pulled that out of my mind yeah. great he, guy he's huge he's built he, like a freaking house of bricks dude he's I a wish big he guy play. He's a big guy and also big brain. That guy reads books all the time. Very, very smart. Um, yeah. So anywho, let's talk about the three players that LA picked up from the dispersal draft between New York and Toronto. Tell me about those guys. So LA picked up Roland from the arrows. Um, so he was uh, his first name, Tyler Roland, Ty Tyler Roland from the arrows. Uh, he was one of five internationals drafted uh, during the dispersal draft. However, he is not currently listed on their active roster as of the recording of this pod. Wow. Who is on their active roster, however, are the two New Yorkers, Jason Emery, he's a center and a fly half, and mm -hmm. Andrew Coe, a winger and a fullback like myself. We do all the work. Uh, with Emery, you got uh, you have a guy who I'm actually really excited about. Uh, I was watching some of his film earlier. Yep. You've got a guy, he's very fast, he's very agile. Um, and he developed that while playing in Japan's top league for, for about two years. But one thing that I noticed that he displayed uh, stateside after debuting in New York in 2022 was just how physical this dude is in contact. You know, yep. uh, one thing that's severely underrated, he is just, you know, it's a staple of every successful back. It's the ability to lower your shoulder and keep your feet moving into contact. Um, I saw that, I saw, uh, especially with Joshua Vici um, down in Houston. And Emery's the kind of guy that can do that. So I think he's going to be, um, a real force there on the outside. Apollo Bellicana, um, you know, is a very similar guy as well. Yes. Um, meanwhile, Andrew Coe, I, Scott Matthew would love him because he's a I Canadian. Know. He's a yep. Canadian who can do a lot of damage with the ball inside of these tight windows. He's very fidgety. Um, he has experience on the national stage, having represented Team Canada at yep. uh, both the World Cup and the Olympics. Um, so at least with the dispersal draft, I feel like they got, you know, these two guys who aren't going to be any kind of strangers to the bright lights in, you know, of professional environments. Right. So I think they're going to be able to hit the ground running. So definitely successful uh, on that end. I agree with that. I mean, both of those pickups are really, really good. Jason Emery, great player. I think he played for Manawatu um, down there in New Zealand in the NPC season with Mike Rogers, who used to be the assistant coach for the Free Jacks. So there's that Free Jack connection there. And Andrew Coe is a player that I have shortlisted for the Free Jacks for a very, very long time. Great player, a little bit injury prone, unfortunately. But when he is out there, he's a difference maker for sure. I've seen him many, many times in person at this point when he's played for New York and I've 
just think to myself, like, man, I'd love to have him on the Free Jacks. The problem is the Free Jacks are so stacked everywhere. He might not start. That's the thing is, you know, so good for him to go out into L.A. where he will definitely make an impact on that roster. And I'm expecting him to be a starter, day one starter for you guys, because he is a difference maker for sure. Let's go back real quick and talk about some of these comments that we've received. Uh, Lily Alice is here with us. Appreciate you joining us. Um, we've got Yo. Abel Ross. Uh, should players have their own numbers or keep it the traditional one through 15? This is a great question. And when this came out, I heard about this, a possibility of them not doing the one through 15. I absolutely lost my shit. Yeah, What's I don't like thoughts? it. Yeah. So I know I just went on this whole rant about we don't need to be like Europe. We don't need to be like the rest of the world. <laughs> right. Uh, all right. No, let, let's let, let's keep it simple. Um, K-I-S-S. Keep it simple, silly. Um, it's 1 through 15. It's how you identify the positions. 100%. It is just um, – it makes things e- easier for the referee. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it makes – it makes things easier for commentators and, you know, just the average fan to identify, you know, like how their team is moving, how their team is reacting. It makes that, makes that uh, easier with coaches. It's also just, it's an aspect of tradition that doesn't hurt anybody. You know what I mean? Like, you know, telling people to like, you know, don't boo the kicker that you're you're ruining somebody's fun. Like you're telling somebody to not be excited about something, you know, the, the, the numbers one through 15, that is, it's just, part of rugby like what are you gonna do like move the goal post from the front of the of the end goal to the back like you know where, where i don't does, think so yeah where, where does the, it, it's just a fundamental part of the on-field game that doesn't right. need to change i agree you know i'm one of those guys that's i think we're very similar in the sense that like let the culture be developed within the the individual market within this country like if you want to say you know uh be quiet when you're kicking or whatever let that be the individual fans of that franchise make that determination and it doesn't have to be a forced thing that is forced upon people i i don't say anything when the kicker's kicking but i'm not gonna shush somebody or scold them for doing that you know what i'm saying but at the same time i am ready to die on this hill for the one through 15 that's what it needs to be. It's always been that way. It's a very traditional thing. It's easy for new fans to understand the numbers and those positions correlate with the numbers, all of that sort of stuff. If we're going away from that, it just it feels like a betrayal to the the traditions of the game. Too far for me. You know, as somebody that's slightly progressive with rugby, I want to see the game sped up. Let's make it a little bit faster. You know what I'm saying? I I like the whole idea of like, you've get one scrum reset. You've got one opportunity to do this. Otherwise, let's move it along here. You know, this is the TikTok age, baby. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Definitely. Um, I'm not so much in favor of the one scrum reset, but I can understand that. But, uh, you know, I I am in favor of last names on jerseys. I I think that's cool. And again, I just, I I think that's something that doesn't change you know the the on-field right. aspect of, of the game at all you know i i think that's something that can be integrated with the american tradition i agree i agree um, you as know long and, as the numbers are there yeah for sure yeah exactly and it's you know and some of the uh, all these nameplates that they're easily you know te- like temporarily put on you know so you, you can just stick them on any jersey teams exactly. don't need to be shelling out a million dollars to get right. you know a bunch of it's not like they're sewn they're hand sewn on or anything yeah you know? yeah exactly yeah. There's, there's a there's a sweatshop down in malden where you know a bunch of little irish <laughs> children are, are sewing them on for the, for the yeah. free jacks it's a hilarious visual image there for sure yeah. um here's another one from abel here willing to bet you're a 90 uh 1990s baby that is incorrect Ooh, I, I think baby. I look I I think I think I look a lot younger than I am but I attribute that to being never married and not having children. So there you go. Yeah, I'm I'm going to say 1989 because that that's the 89. year my brother was born. And oh damn. All right. Yep, yep. I'm I, I'm 1995. So <laughs> that's crazy by the way. Yeah, um, I I was in kindergarten in the year 2000. So like this 21st century has whoa. just been like my you know, like my entire existence. Incredible. Incredible. Yep. I, I only knew the Patriots as successful. So the last few years have been. Not there great. you go. Yeah. I mean, that's one of those things, man. Like it was always going to swing back in the other direction. I mean, I guess it could be worse. You know, you could be a Panthers fan like I, I, know, I am right? as well. Like, woohoo! it's been rough. Although I sure. will say one of the most underrated Super Bowls of all time was Patriots Panthers with Jake. DeLong I agree back that, that that the second half of that game was one of this, the crunchiest, you know, just 
bullying defensive performances I've ever seen in football. I've, I've gone back and watched that game a few times, actually. When I was coming up as a kid, you know, I was heartbroken with that uh, with that result. But now, you know, living in New England and having an appreciation for the Patriots, it's kind of an awkward thing that I look back on because I I like both of those teams now. So, very interesting. Let's talk about some more rugby, though. Uh, oh, let's yeah, talk that, about yeah. <laughs> um, so let's talk about some of the players that were drafted into the L uh, into LA that you're actually excited about. Um, in terms of like, you know, some of the guys that were brought into this squad, I guess is probably a better way to describe it. Who's been brought in that you're you're thrilled about being a part of L.A.? So uh, one guy I want to highlight, I mentioned him a little earlier in the show when we were talking about the draft picks, but it's Sam Walsh at Fly Half, uh, yep. who I think has a really, really high, high ceiling. So uh, first of all, he was born in Boston. This is Free Jack's show. We got to highlight that. Um, you know, it makes that. me like him right away. Yep. Uh, but he's also a product of Cal Berkeley, where Coach uh, Jack Clark has spent years building a really top-notch rugby program that's gotten acclaim worldwide for its ability to develop talent. Exactly. Um, he, he, he's gotten a lot of pats on the back from a lot of uh, coaches in Major League Rugby just for the types of players that he's, um, you know, that he's put into league. Not just the, not not just their ability on the field, but they're you know developing them as young men um, mm -hmm. as well. Um, and in 2022, he actually made a lot of noise at the Hong Kong Sevens representing Team USA. Um, yep. So I think if he can make the full-time transition into 15s play, um, you know, deal with the full season of MLR level physicality, mm -hmm. he's got all the tools to become one of the, one of the greats. He just has to, you know, get that physical element to go along with the speed. Um, you know, and also we, we have to give a shout out, you know, how could I not to Connor Young? Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely. The, the, the dude is going to provide a great presence in their pack. Um, you know, definitely potential starter, um, and you know, and and and, and high character kind of guy. So th th sure. those are two, those are, those are two people, both with Boston roots, that I'm really excited about. La mm -hmm. uh, is going to be fielding this year. Let's not forget about Regan O'Gorman, who also played for the oh, Free Jacks for the past two seasons and was just recently. I mean, obviously he was traded there quite a while back. We got the exclusive on that, I believe. But uh, they just recently, LA came out and announced that signing officially, along with Connor Young. So those are two guys that have experienced the highest of highs within Major League Rugby. Um, you know, being on that championship-winning squad for new england and then going over to la cross-pollinating with a brand new franchise i think that is a big deal in terms of you know the, the the presence that they can have within the locker room as guys that have been to the mountaintop and kind of helping those guys along and creating a winning culture there in la with a brand new franchise yeah and you know i, I think there's a lot uh better vibes ar around this la team as as opposed to the uh as opposed to the product that Adam Gilchrist was putting out on the field. Mm -hmm. uh, what's his name? Who who owned the commanders? Dan Snyder. I, I feel like Gilchrist had, had very Dan Snyder vibes. And I, and, and while the ATL uh, ownership group, you know, might've um, might've lost some goodwill with, with the move across country. Yeah. I, I think just having that previous experience of what worked and more importantly, what didn't work in Atlanta Mm -hmm. um setting up a new setting up a new operation in la i'm really hoping is going to go a little bit more smoothly they're going to be able to engage with uh engage with fans a little bit more um so hopefully um you know uh, hopefully regan um and, and um and connor are going to go into a good situation there and kind of like you said help to build that culture and show Absolutely. them like this is what it takes to lift the shield Absolutely. Um, you know, and we can help you get there and there's tons of other veterans on that squad as well that yeah you know, that, that could help carry that message as well 100%. You have to have those kind of guys that are experienced with winning to, you know, intermix with a franchise. You know, I hate to bring it back to NFL, but the Panthers brought in a lot of like veteran Steeler players on that defense in the very, very beginning to kind of, you know, help that franchise along and foster them to create a winning culture there in Carolina. And within like three years, they were already in the playoffs, which, you know, is kind of unheard of, at least back then, with regard to new franchises within major league professional leagues. Normally it's just like a, a shit show. But mm -hmm. um, they were very, very successful with that. So I think that's a good concept of having bringing in veteran players, not just young guys that have no idea what they're doing and no idea within the professional environment. Like maybe, you know, a, uh, Anthem might experience our, our, my, my Charlotte boys. We'll see how that shakes out. But, yeah, it, it's very important to get those young, those um, older guys that know what they're talking about and, you know, can lead uh, based on what they've experienced in the past. So for sure.
All righty, let's get over to the Jacks. We'll be making the long trip out to L.A. on April the 27th to face off against L- the L.A. dickheads, as we call them on this show. Any tips you can provide? I mean, I was out there earlier in the year um, with you. We did a, a live stream from uh, from Sonny's, which is fantastic up there. And it was North Hollywood, if I'm recalling correctly. Uh, so Sonny's is in Santa Monica. Santa Monica, that's right. Yeah. Um, and it was a blast. And I just wanted to ask you as a guy that's out there, been out there in LA for a couple of years now, what should Rangers, you know, anticipate in terms of the venue and what attractions are really worth their time if they're going to make that trip? So now that I'm thinking about it, it, it's, uh, it's February 1st right now. It is officially two years that I've been in LA now. Wow. Uh, so fun, funny. Um, so in, in terms of uh, when, when uh, my fellow Rangers are out here, so mm-hmm. the stadium is going to be in Carson uh, where the LA Galaxy play. And yep. getting to Carson just psychologically is really difficult. Um, you know, it's but, but that might just be my PTSD from LA traffic in general. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's because it's a pretty long drive from the Valley. Public transportation getting there, it's possible, just very tedious. Uh, however, once you're in the city, uh, I'm a big nature guy, so I really recommend places like Wisdom Tree, Miller Falls, uh, the Topanga Canyon, um, and obviously Sun- Sunny McLean's Irish Pub on Wilshire and Hell Santa yeah. Monica. Uh, that place is know, awesome, man. Oh, my God. Um, you know, obviously, you know, that there's there's Disney in Anaheim, there's Universal in North Hollywood, actually just up the street from me. So if any Rangers yep. are going to Universal, please hit me up. Highly uh, recommend it, by the way. I was there last time. It is such a blast, dude. I'm such a Universal yeah. guy. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, um, there, there, there's there's plenty to do in L.A. Uh, you know, the promenade um, is always worth going to if you're willing to spend some money. Um, if you don't want to spend a whole lot of money, money, but you do want to have some fun, you want to see like what you know, like normal people, LA culture is like, I really recommend the neighborhoods of, um, of, a of, a Lincoln Heights and echo park. Okay. It's very Alston-y brighteny. Um, you know, you, you know, you could say it's just sort of, um, like, you know, like there's this sort of like middle, middle, middle-class artists, there's trendy bars and restaurants and stuff like that. There's white people with dreadlocks. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it, it, it's all that, fu- it's all that fun stuff. Um, you know, and it's, it's, it's safe for families and stuff like that. Love that. Um, Love you know, that. The, the fashion district downtown, you know, don't go there at night, but honestly, uh, during the day, it is one of the most unique experiences that you can have like in Los Angeles. Yeah. So, um, again, uh, bef- after 6 PM, don't, don't go there. Uh, right. but before then it's awesome when the sun goes down you don't want to have you don't want to be anywhere close to the, these areas stay in l in la like I, i'm not even kidding you like even the santa monica pier just don't go out when when the sun is down or take an uber directly to your bar and <laughs> wise words from our buddy liam here in in la been there for two years now so i yeah, mean what's what's you once you've been threatened with one box cutter at the taco truck you're just it Right. You, you become numb to it, but you're cautious. <laughs> sure, sure. Absolutely. Um, let's talk about the way too early predictions. You know, that's kind of the whole purpose of the graphic, at least, uh, in getting all of our correspondents on here. We always appreciate their optimism and their excited, you know, just everybody's really, really thrilled that the MLR season is upon us very, very soon. So I wanted to ask you, what is your official way too early prediction for the LA Dickheads in 2024? Uh, this was really, really difficult. Uh, when you sent me the questions earlier, I, mm-hmm. you know, like I got them typed up on a document here yeah. and I just kept on retyping and deleting uh, my prediction. Cause like at, at first I was like, you know, four and 12, but then like I, I was looking at the roster and I was like, well, look, there's a lot of veteran guys. Like I really, you know, and there's, I think there's not significantly more, but I think there's more talent than what Dallas and what Chicago had in their year ones. Um, and yep. At least like more international experience um, mm-hmm. in, in particular. So I genuinely think this team could hover anywhere from six and 10 to nine and seven. Wow. You know, okay. I, I, and, and honestly, I am almost guaranteeing that there's going to be one top five upset with okay. this team. So, all right. So, so, so let's mark that down. They, they will upset a uh, a top five team in the final standings. I love that, man. That's great optimism. But at the same time, like it's one of those things where I could definitely see you guys stealing um, a victory against a team that is, you know, favored for sure because of the travel, right? If they're coming from the East mm-hmm. Coast, that's a long way to get to LA. 
Um, and, and we know that the MLR, it, you know, strength and conditioning, all that sort of stuff has improved over the years, but it's still a hellacious road trip to get there, you know, six hours from the East Coast. So, you know, there, there's there's going to be um, franchises that say we're going to rotate our squad, you know, if maybe if it's middle or the end of the season to go out to L.A. and they might get stumped. You know, they, they might yeah. get beat um, by this L.A. team. So. Yeah. Well, as somebody over six feet tall, I can attest that um, that plane plane trips to the West Coast suck, especially coming from Logan. Right. I can <laughs> so, also attest to this now that I've done it, and it does suck for sure. Yep. So let's uh, let's hope that that the guys aren't flying Spirit. Or do we still have um do we still have Delta as a, as a team sponsor? Is that I believe so. I believe yeah. so. So yeah, Delta first class all the way for the Free Jacks, as we know. Do, um, did did we ever have Subaru? I, I I remember when I was working for the Free Jacks, we were talking. They were talking about like a Subaru sponsor. I don't think so. Not that I, I yeah. I, I I don't think that ever came through. Yeah. Yeah. So, because I, I was figuring, you know, maybe everybody can hop into a few Impresas, just do a, do a caravan <laughs> across the country. Oh my gosh! Hilarious, hilarious. Um, finally, we've got one question for you before we get you out of here. What is your message as you're wearing the original, I believe, 2022 Free Jacks jersey? What is your message to the New England Free Jacks hardcore fans, the Rangers out there? What, what do you have to say to them? So this week, Ranger fans, I want you to tell at least one person uh, who doesn't know anything about rugby about rugby. Hell I don't yeah. care if you're if you're standing at a bus stop and the person clearly doesn't want to talk to you. Yep. I don't care if you, if your head has to come through the drywall at a construction site. Tell people about rugby. Uh, and if you're on the West Coast, uh, some of your local colleges have begun their season, uh, their rugby seasons already. So please go out and support them. I will be at the UCLA game. Uh, this Saturday, as they take on Cal, uh, nice. which, which is the which is the uh, program that we were talking about with the uh, greatest college rugby coach in American history, Jack Clark. Yep. Uh, so please get out and support them. Uh, also, in the words of the doctor, don't ever eat pears. Uh, other than that, huzzah, baby! <laughs> All right. And with that being said, we're going to exit the video in three, two, one. Huzzah! Huzzah! Thanks, Liam. I appreciate you, pal. For sure. Bye.